0: Good day to you all, it's Ron Knight, and today I'm pleased to be joined by Kevin Johansson, who is a purveyor, a musician of Continental Post Folk, <laughs> as it's been coined. How are you? How Pretty you doing, good. Kevin? I'm not even sure I know what Continental Post Folk is. Can you kind of clue me in on what somebody had meant by that? Wow. No idea. It's the first time I hear that so, one. For the first time for both of us, I guess, huh? <laughs> yeah. You've well, got, you got a couple of releases out, though, and uh, sure. maybe, maybe you might just want to kind of talk about what it is that you do do.
1: Right. Yeah, well, you know, sometimes regarding the songs uh, which I write, you know, a lot of people always ask you, okay, what's the genre? What do you do? And I say, well, I guess I'm a degenerate, you know, because uh, (laughs) really (laughs) the genre is the song in itself. You know, it's that, that mini script of three or four minutes in which you describe, you know, a story. You have to have a story to tell, like Woody Allen says, and, you know, in that mini script, You need that musical backing, and uh, that's what you try to do. You try to tell a story. But, you know, all this categorization has been around for so long, and and, and people just need that. You know, what is it? Is it Latin world? Is it Latin pop? Is it a mix? And, uh, you know, being an Alaskan, born in Alaska and, and raised in Argentina, you know, that that is always a difficult story wow, to tell.
0: That's a story in an, in and of itself. Isn't <laughs> exactly. It? So you were born in Alaska. Yeah, in Fairbanks. And then you were raised in Argentina. <laughs> yeah, pretty much from the okay. age of twelve. Okay, but let's let's let's. I got to break the camera away from this minute. How did that happen? I mean, obviously one of your parents was. I'm assuming. Yes. From one of those places, and then the other parent was from the other, and then they couldn't get it together as far as making a decision where they wanted to be. <laughs> Right. Oh, were yeah. you born on an airplane when they were like going back and forth between these places? Uh, no, no, I
1: was I was born on a military base, Fort Wright. Um my dad is originally from Denver, Colorado, and my mom is from Buenos Aires, Argentina. Ah. Now, where did and, they meet? And they met in Denver, Colorado. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she she received a scholarship to come up to the states and study in the 60s and uh They fell in love, and he had to do the military service. He was something like a conscientious objector. Mm. During the, the Vietnam era And so he ran all the way to, to Alaska and They sent him up there yeah. well, They sent him to yeah, Alaska to They do... said if
0: you're going to be conscientiously objecting And making a big noise We're getting you out of here as far right. as And Canada would have sufficed mm-hmm. But obviously that wasn't north enough <laughs> So they sent him even further So uh, what, what was he doing in
1: Alaska uh, Just paperwork for the government I guess You know paperwork for the military Something really? like
0: that Yeah. Wow so he's just shuffling papers And getting out the stamp <laughs> And uh, saying well that goes over here This goes over there It was a desk job.
1: Exactly. That's what he did. Did he
0: like that? Or I guess he didn't have much of a choice, I don't
1: think he did. I don't think he he has very fond memories of it. Although he did get into it at some point because we ended up living there for four or five years. Yeah. Um, So he got into it as best he could. As best he could. And they were both studying at the time. They did attend, you know, Fairbanks... I don't know what it was. Something, something university. Something, something university. What were they interested in? University of Alaska. What were they interested in? Um, My mom was into. literature and psychology he was into psychology oh yeah so they
0: were meant they were mind people (laughs) mental people exactly into social services and human therapy and and the growth movement yes and hence his reason for being a conscientious object here Mm -hmm. that makes sense to me now it all comes together did they have Mm -hmm. any musical inclinations at all
1: yeah both of them were musically inclined Yeah.
0: yeah of course
1: being from Different backgrounds. My my dad was a huge Harry Belafonte uh, fan. Yeah, you know that. What Calypso. is that song about the
0: Calypso Taliban thing? <laughs> you know the Taliban today means something else. You know, I've always wondered that. I said that should have been the theme song for the holy rock War, the whole the whole mess in the Middle East. You know, something about the Taliban banana, All right? <laughs> Taliban banana. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. Completely different. Right now it's Taliban banana gas. You know. <laughs> Anyway, so they uh, basically he was into calypso. It yeah. sounds like, and your mom from Buenos Aires, any yeah. uh, musical background at all?
1: Yes, of course. Well, yeah. you know, tango and uh, you know, the singer Tita Merello was was big at the time, um, and the French songwriters. He was he was a little more open to you know different. Different genres. Mm, that's cool. That's <laughs> and you know the musicals and West Side Story, Cabaret. She would get into. Um, so yeah, it was it was a good influence. And being you know they were both musical, they were yeah. both musically inclined. So there was singing, and and joy, and dancing <laughs> at yeah. home. But
0: they they didn't necessarily perform or or write. No. or play. Didn't they? Didn't no, really no, play no. instruments. Of my my mom
1: be, became a writer and a playwright. Okay. Yeah. Over the years, interesting. Yeah, so and then you yeah, came,
0: and then you came along, right? And yeah, you were born in Alaska, in Fairbanks, yeah. And yeah. Then, so now, now you were a little bundle of joy. Exactly. And um, they said, "Okay, it's time to get the hell out of here. It's too cold." Or what was that all about? How did they? When did you go to Argentina?
1: I don't know exactly what what happened. I guess they said it's too cold. Okay, let's go back to Denver. They, they lived in. We lived in Denver for a year, then in Arizona for a year, and mainly in San Francisco Bay Area uh-huh. is what I mostly remember of my my infancy.
0: Right, and that was still when your father, of course, was still doing military time. Or no, no, the, he, was uh, he, was, he was done with that. Done. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah,
1: he was done with that.
0: Good. And so then there you are in Argentina and going, right. well, this is very different from the Bay Area. <laughs> and when did you first decide that you had some musical expression, interest, or prowess where you, you know, picked up an instrument and it, and it worked? Mm, well, you know, there's always
1: family stories of, of dancing to the washing machine and, and doing... Dancing to the washing machine? Right, yeah, a little is, bit of autism. Was this, an,
0: was this an indigenous ritual that happened in your family or... <laughs> I used to actually watch The uh, Washing Machine because I thought sometimes it was more entertaining than the the cartoon shows. You know, just watch this thing inside the screen and it kept going around and around. Yeah, and, yeah that was kind of cool. Yeah. But you folks would actually dance to that.
1: Yeah, I found a rhythm there. Mm. Yeah, I got into that. I guess I was a little, you know, I, I think all musicians are a little autistic mm. in a sense and they, they get into things. They're in this bubble you know, the, we are a little... A little bubble of little love. Of, a, a love bubble. Bubble people. Bubble people. Yeah. yeah.
0: Looking for a trance or finding a exactly. trance. Exactly,
1: finding yeah. a trance. Yeah, there is a trance thing going there with the washing machine. And then, yeah, in Buenos Aires at, at age 12, classical guitar, and that's how it started. You know, nice. an uncle of mine, you know, typical situation. Here's a guitar, kid. Nice. See what you can do with it. Right. Yeah. So
0: your first instrument was classical guitar. Yeah. guitar. Yeah. And did you take lessons? I mean, did you have a master yeah. instructor at some yeah, point? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. There was this couple who who taught me, and uh, they were students of a, of a great classical guitarist, uh, Irma Costanzo, down there. Very, very well-known, kind of a legendary classical guitarist. And yeah, then, you know, teenage, you know, rebellion- started writing songs, always wrote songs, but really started writing songs and, and rebelled against the classical uh, guitar mm. uh, teachings. And, uh, yeah, that's that's how it started. Pop group, you know, your regular 80s uh,
0: pop group
1: in Buenos Aires. Songs in Spanish. Well, now,
0: wait a minute. We need to touch on this because I think it's only <laughs> fair to assume that This was a fairly well-established and reputable folk pop band in Argentina. (laughs) And I think we're kind of glossing over this lightly. You were the member of a folk pop band, what was it called, Instruccion Civica?
1: Instruccion Civica, exactly, Yeah. yeah.
0: It's kind of like social studies.
1: It's a you know it's a subject you study in in high school.
0: Oh, civic instruction! I guess is the literal translation. Civic instruction, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So social studies. And and what about that band? I mean, did you have a recording legacy? Because obviously, it was somewhat well known and recognized yeah. in Argentina. Yeah,
1: it? at the time, and um, it was it was through CBS International, mm-hmm. and yeah, we had our fifteen minutes of fame. We went to Peru and traveled all over Argentina. And had the you know the 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 first feeling of of multitudes mm. chanting your songs and it was yeah it was it was pretty cool, it was pretty addictive, and it was weird for me because I was you know nineteen twenty twenty one years old and and getting the first taste of of pop semi stardom and you know it wasn't really you know what i what I was looking for at the time, but it just kind of happened. Kind of happened. Yeah.
0: And so what was the uh, firecracker of that band? I mean, what was the magnetic pull that brought people to it? I mean, you know. Mm. There was, well, a friend of mine and myself,
1: uh, a person I met when I arrived to Argentina at at age 12, uh, Julian Benjamin, Julián Mechamín, he would play, he was kind of a, a prodigy. He was a child prodigy. He played the piano very well. Um, he was kind of responsible for getting me into the guitar, and we connected. So we would write very surrealistic kind of songs with a lot of humor, and over the years, we, we developed this association, this artistic association, and were kind of discovered by this producer who thought we were the next Wham!, Mm. (laughs) We thought we were like a Latin Wham. Latin Wham. And boy, was he wrong. (laughs) And, uh... But it was fun. It was, yeah, it was, you know, just a a kind of a a quirky pop group. And And how many
0: people in that band?
1: Well, we were the front. You know, it was like the duo was the the face of the band. Right. You know, pretty much drums,
0: bass, electric guitar and yeah we were about five six so but it really was the two of you in the front that were really the main act right so that could have been any of these duo acts that he thought the producer thought you kind of fit into that niche absolutely Absolutely. not exactly like menudo or something no 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 (laughs) it wasn't that extreme yeah (laughs) oh heavens where 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 are they now um Okay, and then obviously you've had some music out in terms of CDs. At some point, somebody came along and said to you, because you stepped away from that, and you, kinda, yeah. you became a solo act yeah. somehow. Mm-hmm. And then you, you actually put together a first CD, which was called The Nada.
1: Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah, in a way it is. Um, there were several before The Nada that... We're absolutely and totally independent hmm. in New York. You know when I, when I'm okay,
0: okay. Well, then then we got to jump back a little bit, right? Uh, somewhere I, you went from Argentina up to New York.
1: I come back to the states. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's to how, see how. How old,
0: how old were you when that happened? I was well, 24. We, do we care? So anyway, it was like yeah. five years when you were in this this uh, instruction yeah. thing. Uh-huh. And then, basically, you got all done with that. Uh-huh. And uh, Latin Wham! didn't work out. So then you decided, <laughs> well, I'm going to go back to New York. Right? Exactly. Okay. Well,
1: it was it was a personal, you know, thing, obviously, to see how North American I felt, you know, and what was going on. Yeah. I was uh, seriously going out with an Argentinian dancer who wanted to try her luck here in New York. Wow. And I was going to go back to San now, Francisco. It, it... I was going to go back to the West Coast. Yeah. But this, she said new york
0: new york new york she led you like a bull by the nose with a ring in it or the, a, a, a bull with a nose ring or something yeah. Led you by the ring in your nose yeah yeah i'll bet she did and i'm sure being an argentinian dancer she was deeply passionate exactly and i would say she was probably deeply gorgeous
1: deeply gorgeous and
0: is it true what robert blake once said uh-huh that once you have made love with a dancer you are done for life because nothing else ever after that is ever going <laughs> to is ever going to live up to that experience <laughs>
1: I I could say that, yeah, because I've been married twice to two Argentinian dancers, yeah.
0: Whoa, you couldn't get enough of a good thing, (laughs) could you? Wow, okay for you. You burnt up the first one, and you just had to get on to the next one. That's right, yeah. Okay for you, Kevin. Yeah. (laughs) Well, whatever works. So the the first one, it sounds like, is the one who dragged you up to New York. She dragged me up to New York, yes. But you didn't come up here kicking and screaming.
1: No, no, no. I I wanted to come up to the States... um, and I really think it was it was fortunate that that we did un, end up in New York because um, I I had the feeling that you know Buenos Aires being also kind of uh, you know the eastern side of Latin America had a lot to do with you know a, a city kind of a cosmopolitan city that looked to Europe and to the states and and had that mix and you know it does it does have Buenos Aires does have a similar feel to New York it's a city that you can walk. As opposed to, you know, cities like Los Angeles or San Francisco where you re- definitely need a car in California. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was it was really comfortable for me. That's great. Know, to come up to New York. And, and fortunately, yeah, I found an artistic place in uh, CBGB's. You know, they they had told me about...
0: Down in the East Village. Yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: okay, they told me sure. about, you know, several places. Hey, go to CBGB's, go to the Knitting Factory, go to Chennai all these downtown venues. And, uh, yeah... I, Took my demos there and all of a sudden found myself playing in the middle of the first Gulf War, ah, you know, uh-huh. mid-winter, like yeah, January, one. February of 91, Right, right. playing for 10 or 15 friends. Uh-huh. Sure, <laughs> and yes. Strangers uh-huh. at CBGB's. Which were
0: actually 15 friends more than the Ashtrays you may have been playing for if absolutely <laughs> nobody was there. Exactly. And I think I can recall some of those dates myself. So. Yeah,
1: you know how it is. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, and there was uh, this this guy that kind of looked like one of the ZZ Top members. Mm. Turned out to be Hilly Crystal, the owner of CBGB's. And he heard the stuff, he heard the songs and, and got into it and offered me to record and, and start gigging there regularly, uh-huh. and it was great. You know, I found an artistic home in in CBGB's and, uh, and got acquainted with him, and he recorded... We actually recorded uh,
0: four albums, and the last of the four was The Nada. Ah, so that is how you actually came mm-hmm. to find yourself with enough stock on hand or actually the like as you say the fourth one was probably good enough in your mind so the let's official put, let's put that one out <laughs> and all of them were recorded at cbG yeah wow oh, so yeah. they're all live recordings it sounds like yeah live pretty much yeah.
1: yeah not not live performances per se but mm-hmm. uh you know live pretty much live band recordings with work you know on them and over them nice yeah and uh yeah probably at some point i'll 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 put out the New York years. Mm. You know, <laughs> Kevin Johansson at CVT, he's 90 to 2000. Yeah. And, and yeah, there, there's a, there's a lot of fun and interesting material. But it so happened that being in touch with, as I said before, you know, the North American part and writing in English, I was kind of coming back to my, uh, northern, uh, self mm. in a way and writing a lot in English. Because mm-hmm. I had written, of course, you know, for the Latin wham pop band, Instrucción Civica, I had been writing in Spanish. And when I meet Hilly, he's like, hey, why don't you write in both? Right. And I was like, yeah, well, I'm not so sure about that. Let me write a little more in English and see how I feel. And gradually, yeah, I started of paying some some mind and some attention to what he was telling me, like you know, hey, you have an interesting mix here. Huh. Take advantage of it,
0: and, 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 and hence the name of this CD, the CD, the in English nada. and nada, which is nothing, of course. <laughs> and and is there a statement in the in the in the meaning that of why you titled it the nada?
1: Yeah, the nada also means you know de nada in Spanish means you are welcome.
0: Oh, no, de nada, yeah.
1: The nada. So, yeah, it was a a bit of a pun and a a kind of a way of saying, hey, why are we musicians always so humble? Mm. Why are we always like, thank you, thank you for applauding and clapping? And, you know, why don't don't we say once in a while, hey, you're welcome? Mm. You know? Okay. I'm working here. Right. Exactly.
0: (laughs) And then on the other side of it, the nothing, the literal translation, the nothing, yeah, would mean, um, a little bit about that categorization we were talking about
1: earlier, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it's the nothing, the nothing. You it's, know, it's, it's nothing, yeah. nothing.
0: Huh, neat. Do you have something you want to play? I mean, I know you've got a guitar in your hand. Uh, do you feel like you want to do something either from the nada or and then eventually we'll talk yeah. about the new CD, which is being released?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I could play you a, a song that was pretty important, um, which is a little bit about the nothing and the nada, uh, called Guacamole. Guacamole.
0: Guacamole. Yeah, I love guacamole. Yeah, I'll take an order of guacamole. Okay. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sitting on a bench, waiting for the of guacamole, carne con frijoles carne con frijoles, waiting for the sun to shine, open for the chicken yakisoba, hope there's some left over, I hope there's some left over, ay mami que estas yendo donde va, ay papi no se sé, pero vete ya, even when the pom-pom taken on a hole, oh agamole, ranch Avalanche, Copa Mundo, UEFA de la FIFA uh, Just like Queen Latifah uh, I hope she got some rifa uh, Solitaire, happiness, joie de vivre Just like a Lola I uh, hope she there is sola hope she there is sola Guacamole Guacamole, si sí, señor Por favor, pa para pa pa, pa para, para pa, pa, pa para pa para pa para pa para pa, pa, pa para ay mami que está haciendo donde va, ay papi, no sé, pero voy para allá. Even when the pompa's take en escabeche, uy café con leche, y vamos a comer a lo de Beto que nos hizo bacamole. Carne con frijoles, carne con frijoles. Cuchufrito, habichuela, jota, maletruchales, cabeche, Con café con leche, con café con leche. Y chimichurri, sugundugo, cheguendengue, karahua, tatuba. Y una caipiruba, una kaypiruba. Un poquito de manteca, cuatro cucharadas de milanesa. A queso con frambuesa a pongan bien la mesa Ay mami que está haciendo donde va Ay papi no sé pero voy para allá Even when the pompan taken on a lily to be so silly Muy rico todo
0: Very nice. And a, kind of a little balmy tropical uh, decay on there yeah. there. yeah. Reduced
1: version. Oh, very of nice. Of course, there's a lot of instrumentation on that. Oh, I'm sure.
0: Yeah. yeah, lots of shakers and lots of uh, <laughs> marimbas, I'm sure would fill in very nicely. Trumpets, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, all that stuff. Very cool. That's guacamole <laughs> yeah. from your album, The Nada. It's Kevin. Uh, Johansson, our guest today, very very nice. Now you've got your second CD, Sur o no Sur, right? Or otherwise, what we would call uh, South or not South? Yeah, something like to South or not to South.
1: Actually, Sur o no Sur is is a pun in Spanish, because to be or not to be is ser o no Ser mm. in Spanish. Uh-huh. So it's just a you know play play off on that. Um, yeah, and having a little bit to do with my to South or not to South personally, and also what's happened a lot. Over the years, not only in Argentina, but in, in Latin America, yeah. kind of, the, you know, the third world thing, like, should I go, should I stay or should I go? Should I stay? <laughs> do you
0: feel displaced? I mean, do you feel disjointed from whatever your roots have been? Because maybe you really didn't have a foot in Northern America, yeah. you didn't have a foot in Southern America, or you, mm. somebody took your feet and switched them around? Or, <laughs> or what, what's going on with you on that?
1: Actually, I feel like I have the best of both worlds, you know, uh, the, the, the cliché. Mm. Um, I'm really fortunate in a way. I think it's it's been a good thing. Of course, at the time, it was pretty traumatic. You know, moving from San Francisco to Buenos Aires can be, you know, quite a change. Yeah, it can.
0: But it happened... Then again, moving from San Francisco to anywhere can be a <laughs> heck of a change. I mean, you know, I was in the Bay Area for seven years. Yeah. Uh, you know, and boy, uh-huh. I'll tell you, after leaving that, everything felt like a shock. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. It's a great place. Um, and it's, yeah, it is it is very different. From from anything, pretty much, but you know, it it wasn't a feeling of of, of displacement, but more like, wow, you know, I really do have two cultures, mm-hmm. and and New York helped me a lot too. Coming back up and, and kind, of, kind and, of the
0: melting pot of cultures yeah, could probably help unify a lot. I would absolutely meeting a
1: bunch of people that were in my same situation, you know, French kid whose mother was American, or you know, vice versa, and you know, just people from all over that have two cultures or parents. Uh, from two different places yeah. um yeah it it helped a lot. i worked uh one one of the great jobs I had in New york uh was at the u n as a tour guide I was a bilingual tour guide there, showing people the general assembly and the security council and and there were fifty people from all over, and it was pretty nice um we were about 10 10 guys and and 40 girls from all over the place. And, you know, probably 80 or 90% of the people were, you know, bicultural Mm. and bilingual, Mm -hmm. at least. Yeah. You know.
0: So you're having unification parties at the UN. (laughs) it sounds like.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I called it the unreal world. You you should write a novel about that, you know, the U.N. real world. But, yeah, it was was a great experience, and um, it helped me a lot. So I never felt you know, displaced, but more like comfortable um, with, you know, what I was dealt. And, yeah. so, and Sur o No Sur has a lot to do with that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you and I can play a little bit of, of that song, which is a song in Spanish.
0: Yeah. Is that the title track that you'd like to yeah. play? Okay. Good. Yeah. I'd love to hear that. Okay. okay this, this is from Sur o no Sur, and this is Kevin Johansson.
1: se puede, me vuelvo porque allá tampoco, me voy porque aquí se me debe, me vuelvo porque allá están locos, Suro oh no sur, sur oh no sur, me voy porque aquí no me alcanza, me vuelvo porque no hay esperanza, me voy porque aquí se aprovechan, me vuelvo porque allá me echan. Sur sur, o no sur. No sé por qué pasa lo que me pasa, quizás sea la vejez. Quisiera quedarme aquí en mi casa, pero ya no sé cuál es. Sur o no sur. Sur, sur, oh no sur. Lo que me pasa, quizás sea mi niñez Quisiera quedarme aquí en mi casa Pero ya no sé cuál es Me voy para la embajada Me vuelvo por no estar visada. Me voy porque soy de por acá Me vuelvo por ser un sudaca ya qué triste destino Ser o no ser un argelino ya qué triste destino Ser o no ser un marraquino
0: Sur
1: o no sur Sur o no sur
0: Now that's kind of neat Sur o no sur That's Kevin Johansson And the title track from I guess the new release Sur o no sur Or to South and not to South (laughs) To uh, play with Hamlet's uh, Shakespeare Or Shakespeare's Hamlet That's right in, In Spanish yeah, you crazy mixed up kid, you. You don't know if you're Argentinian or Alaskan or North American or, New- or a New Yorker or whatever. Did you see a New Yorker? Have you mm. gone to New York first and then gone to Alaska? What a mess that would have been. Huh? That's
1: right. Or San <laughs> yeah, Francisco. Trying for that to matter.
0: hail a cab in Alaska, right? <laughs> There's nothing out there but the Great White North. Ay ay ay. Oh, okay, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm 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 screwing around on your time. All right. <laughs> So this is kind of neat. Now, um, Sur Ono Sur is, uh, obviously, it's deepening your work in both language and musical form. And, you know, that's kind of, this kind of, the sound sounds a little bit like it's been dipped in some Argentinian traditional styles, right? And then it's kind of fused with some, uh, your own spin of things, your own hybrids. Yeah, yeah, I call it,
1: you know, there's a little... uh, Next to each song in parentheses there's a a description of the genre just a joke and an inside joke of my own and I call that one you know Suran Sur is like pop clore pop clore you know yes. pop clore. Ah, okay <laughs> you know it has so it has a little bit of, of of pop mixed in with with the folkloric feeling there's a little bit of feeling of the andes too there's yeah. there's instrumentation you know in in the recording there's violin and and charango the charango is that little sure You know, small little guitar from... That little guy. Yeah, from the armadillo. And they have
0: the little flutes, right? The little, like... Yeah, the... uh, the, the... Like we've been visited from, from, what's his name, (laughs) Zamfir, or whatever. (laughs) The people used to run out and get that album and say, Have you ever heard Panpipes? And I go, Yes, I've heard Panpipes. I've heard the real guys play them. (laughs) (laughs) You actually have another uh, kind of an interesting thing on here, a track called Down With My Baby. And you describe this as Barry White Meets Nirvana?
1: That's right.
0: What is with you? (laughs) What is is Barry White Meets Nirvana? Explain that. What? Explain yourself.
1: Well, I'll show you, and I'll tell you a little bit about that song, because it's funny that you mentioned that one. Um, Down With My Baby, for some reason, for some sick, weird reason, became a hit down in Argentina, because they started um, airing it with this uh, telenovela, with this soap opera, down there in the evenings telenovela is big news telenovela is big news down huge. there in Argentina and Brazil sure, yeah absolutely. there are these adult you know style of uh, you know, soap operas at night and um there was this hot and steamy kind of moment where the guy saw the girl and they would you know hook up and they would play down with my baby ah the Barry white meets nirvana song so. did
0: that play did that uh, pay you the Argentinian version of royalties? It paid me the Argentinian version of royalties. Which you was, got it. Which was how much? Next to nothing? Uh, <laughs> so pretty much, uh, yeah.
1: You could pay a couple of months' rent. You know.
0: Really? Well, that's good. <laughs> but I mean, the bottom line is that it actually helped draw a lot of uh, attention. It, it helped draw a lot of track. attention. And yeah, actually,
1: yeah. It, it helped, um, you know, there was a guy from the New York Times that uh, wrote an article, uh, came out in July, uh, about a... Uh, a Japanese-American writer called Ana Kazumi Stahl and myself. Mm. It was, uh, I think the title was uh, Two Artists Find Follow Their Muses to Success in Argentina. And it was because of this uh, telenovela that it it caught his eye and caught his attention. Wow. And uh, the weird thing is that it's a song in English. Uh Uh-huh. So I had a hit in English in Argentina. Argentina, And I never would have expected it. That's very cool. Yeah. The singles we had chosen were, of course, songs in Spanish, because we didn't think they were going to... Sure, into it, so.
0: sure. And then somewhere along the line, you you, you met your hotshot uh, entertainment executives at the next record label, which was, uh, <laughs> is it, is it uh, Sony? Sony. Like, <laughs> like, we wouldn't know that name, Sony. So how did you end up discovering this guy? Was, was it the hit in Argentina that did it, or was it the fact that you just kind of saw him rumbling around here in New York, or...?
1: I would say it's a little mix of everything. The company, By the way,
0: this is this is who
1: David Naranjo, media relations director.
0: Hey, David, how you doing? How are you? Okay, Thank so you. so you find this guy struggling at CBGB? What you? What happened here?
1: <laughs> I think it was a little bit of everything. the the uh, the, the New York side of it, the the article in the New York Times, um, the success in in, in Spain, and the success in Argentina. So I mean, it's it's. It's, he's got a big buzz behind him.
0: Yeah, I went to look around to do some research on you, looking around on the, on the search engines, on the web and stuff, and it seems like there's like a, a plethora of mm. websites out there. There's no lack of websites covering you and your business and what you're doing. Most of them, interestingly enough, in Spain, Argentina, and largely in Spanish. And I think I found one or two in English. But is this the opportunity now for you to really just kind of go, you know, wham, <laughs> so to speak, here in North America? <laughs>
1: yeah I think so why so, not right? why not I would hope so yeah Spain is another yeah interesting thing that happened uh, last year i I started going there I went to a couple of uh, you know world music festivals and 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 also caught some people's attention and they liked it a lot in Spain beyond the kind of the you know what you could expect would be the obvious is the Argentinian or Latin American ghetto of people that live you know, in Spain or in the States, even that would sure. get into it initially, and uh, it was it was amazing and 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 surprising to see people from Spain getting into it as well. And I would I would hope the same thing would happen pretty much here. You know, I th- you always expect to, and you hope to, as an artist, develop maybe a cult following to start mm, with, right? Sure, you would hope to be. I'd love to be a, a cult. Yes, <laughs> wouldn't we all? You know, uh, artist and and start from there, and and you know, I wouldn't even care if it stayed like that you know because you can always grow as mm-hmm. a as a cult figure you can always there's always room for growth there yeah but if you start you know with a buzz with the word of mouth like hey you know check this out it's good mm-hmm. and it's really still pretty much the same as it used to be you know there's a record out and it's hey no. This is good. Check him out. And that's great. And that's how it happened in Spain. So
0: And it'll happen, mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me, I'm sure probably the same way here. So now Sony has picked uh, the artist and the CD up. Yeah. Right. Okay. It's
1: been released in Argentina and Spain. Yeah,
0: and how did it do, your second CD in Argentina? Very well. Very, very well. It's doing well, Good. yeah. So, of course, Sony just gets to look at that template and go, what did you do That's there? That's why we signed him. Yeah, we'll <laughs> just go ahead and do that right here and do it all over again. That's really great. Hey, listen, this has been Kevin Johansson uh, joining us and announcing the new release of his Sur o no Sur and what some people have described as continental post-folk. And now, even though we didn't know what that was, I'm kind of getting a sense as to <laughs> kind of perhaps what was intended. Because you are a world artist, it sounds like you've been dripped a little bit in some Argentinian tango and just all the real indigenous styles of that, and yet you sure. do put your own folk <laughs> sensitivity or troubadour quality to it, and I, I, I perhaps maybe understand where that writer was, uh, was hanging that shingle around your neck, <laughs> <laughs> or that label around your, uh, you know, around yeah. your moniker. That's really great. I really want to thank uh, all of you for for joining us today. Folks, you might want to take a look for this at Sur Ono Sur on Sony. Look for it and check it out. Thank you, Kevin Hudson, for joining us. Okay,
1: thanks.